Looking forward to talking to you on the show today. In fact, um, hey, there is a 40% chance of snow tomorrow at 7 a.m. Do you hear that? I did, Steve. I'm so <laughs> thrilled about this. I want snow. I want the late season snow. I think this is excellent. I'm in for this. So I'm so confused. Like, they canceled baseball on Monday night, youth baseball, that is, because of the weather forecast. Now they think it's not going to be so bad tomorrow, so they brought. So now it's not. Uh, they 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 put them back on the calendar. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know this. Uh, wow. That's interesting. Is not the word I was going to use. I was going to use something you can't repeat on the radio. But uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah. Apparently, um, you know. Think about this too. So I started. I started to understand this a little bit because we have the the tendency to always fear the worst and then move things, and it turns out to not be so bad. So I guess they decided, nope, we're going to play in the worst weather we possibly can if that's the way it is and uh, just not we don't want to we don't want to risk having to um you know move to another date if the weather turns out to not be so bad. You know, I get the apprehension knowing what happened the last time around. Um, classes were delayed. Uh, the city and, you know, just different rec groups across this, uh, the city canceled their games ahead of what they thought would be a winter freeze or, you know, that kind of snowstorm and never nothing ever happened that day. Uh, a little bit in Northeast, but nonetheless, I'm curious to see if this time around we actually get some snow. All I know is when we have first pitch tomorrow, the weather's probably going to be about mid-40s and windy. So that's great weather uh, for a bunch of 12-year-olds playing baseball. Mm. Um, yeah. Nice job. I don't job. like that at all, uh, Steve. Uh, Southwest Baseball. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's, that's, that's exactly what you want to do on a Thursday night. That is perfect. You can make the argument that precip is okay when you really compare it to bad wins. I mean, wins in baseball when you're outdoors, that's just the worst. And, and for parents who are just watching it, uh, I can't imagine how, uh, how that must be. I mean, maybe it's not going to be so bad. Maybe it won't be terrible. But when it's going to – listen – if it's mid-40s and windy, that's going to feel like in the 30s. And then you're going to have to play in that stuff as the sun goes down. And, oh, it, just sounds, it sounds like a nightmare. That Can't sounds wait. like a mess. Can't man. wait to get off the radio tomorrow and drive straight over to a Cloudview Park uh, and, and go, watch, uh, go watch those kids play in that kind of condition. That's, that's, that's fascinating. Very fascinating. Uh, I'm that. Is that the time where you you uh, watch from the car? Is there any way, vantage point-wise, you can watch from the car in those kind of cases? Listen. My son's playing baseball, okay? I will never, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what the weather is like, but if my kid's playing sports, I will be right there no matter what. I don't care if, if it's, if it's uh, 70 mile an hour winds, I will be there. I am not going to stay in a car. Or, no, no, forget that. My kid's playing ball, I'm right there watching the game regardless of the weather. Regardless, you'll brace, you'll brace for the weather as well. I, I mean, that doesn't bother me. Listen, if I've got a game and he's playing ball, regardless of what's outside, I will be outside there as well. Nice. I do not. The idea of them playing and and me staying in a car, no, I never, absolutely never. So I will be there, regardless. So bring it on, crazy winds. I don't care. I'll be right there. And I, I, the only difference I won't be bringing my uh, I won't be bringing my lawn chair like I normally do. Where I park myself right by the dugout to watch the game because of the winds. I'll probably be standing most of the time, but um, you know, I just hope they've got a. Uh, I hope they have like a hose to hose down the field so the dirt doesn't blow away tomorrow. 
Hopefully they've got a plan for that. Yeah, that'd be terrible if it's just blowing in everybody's face. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, that's that's the truth. Not thrilled with the decision uh, to to play tomorrow, but hey, we'll see. Maybe it turns out to be a brilliant move. Maybe it turns out to be a total disaster. And if it's a total disaster, then you just wasted a couple hours of these kids' uh, nights for nothing. So we'll see what and, and our night and our lives. That's true too. So anyway, this is my life, Adrian. This, but this is yeah. um, I give you ten to fifteen years from now. When you are probably in your late 30s, early 40s, you'll be doing the exact same thing, whether it's uh, going to watch uh, your daughter's soccer games or your, or your softball or baseball with your son or whatever it is, or both. You could have, for all I know, you have many kids. I, I don't know, but you will probably become a sports parent at some point in your life, and you can go on the radio on this very show because um, I'm sure I'll be long gone as host by then, and you can talk all about um, what it's like and how thrilled you are that on a day when it's going to be in the mid to low 40s and windy that uh, they uh, kept the games on. They, they put the games back on the schedule after originally uh, canceling them. That is, that is a perfect, perfect way to start a show. You know what? I'll, uh, I'll enjoy the kidless life for, uh, for you know the next five years or so. There you I, go. I'm, I'm good with that. Well, you know, yeah, pre- brace yourself, prepare yourself, right? Yes, definitely. Because yeah. once, because let me tell you, once they uh, once they arrive, there's no turning back. That's right. None. That's not something you can opt out. You can't get into the transfer portal if you, when you have kids. No, you can't. You absolutely cannot do that. That's for sure. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Jay Jaffe is going to. Speaking of kids, when we were in New York uh, last summer, spent the day with Jay and his daughter, uh, Robin. Nice, yeah. Robin and Joel bonded. They had a lot of fun together at a brewery that we went to. It's uh, one of Jay's favorite hangouts, his uh, Threes Brewing. We were there, had some fun, enjoyed it. So, uh, And he's actually going through that right now. I think uh, Robin was playing t-ball. Now, for all I know, she's either playing hardball or, or softball, whatever they've got. But, yep, they got her started at a very young age, too. Man, that's really cool. I would also say this with uh, Jay Jaffe. What a day to bring him on. There's so much baseball news to catch up on from over the weekend. Uh, and it's headlined by somebody that a lot of people in El Paso know very well, and Manny Machado, who signed that big deal over the weekend. Yeah, that's really true. Um, it's, it's amazing because now my biggest question is, can the Padres afford Tatis, Bogarts, Machado, and Juan Soto and get them all on long-term deals. Plus, they just re-signed Darvish. They're like the Yankees um, or the Mets. They're, they're spending because they realize that if they don't spend, somebody else is going to do it. I really give uh, Seidler a ton of credit for allowing this team to not be that classic small market club they've been for the last uh, 50 years yeah look at the in their own division I mean they're going up against the Dodgers who are not afraid to spend whatsoever that I mean they uh, pretty much have an open checkbook when you look at it and that's a team that the Padres want to eventually beat not just in the regular season but when it matters most in the postseason and it feels like when you're talking about postseason baseball you have to be prepared to go up against teams like the Dodgers who are willing to spend year after year they are, and uh, they keep doing it. So, you know, although others are spending too now. Padres didn't used to spend. Now they're getting into the mix. The Mets were ultra cheap when the Will Ponds owned the team. Remember they got involved in that Ponzi scheme and lost all the you know all those millions of dollars and went cheap on the product? Not anymore. 
Steve Cohen, uh, it's like he's got the Amex black card and spends however he needs, uh, however he deems necessary. So the Mets have become big spenders. You mentioned the Dodgers. The Yankees broke the bank on Aaron Judge. There's no way anybody with the ownership last name of Steinbrenner is going to go cheap. So you know the Yanks are going to spend. You got the Mets. Now you've got the Padres in the game along with the Dodgers. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see teams that are going out there and 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 uh, you know giving you uh, giving fans a chance to to get excited because uh, the checkbook is continuing to write uh, these these new contracts. Yeah, and I would say conversely, it is it is discouraging when you see clubs not pay their superstar when all these other t- uh, clubs are doing so. If there are teams out there willing to spend the big bucks to try to compete at the highest levels, and you're a, a team out there who is not willing to do that, well, unfortunately, you're going to be caught behind the eight ball in all these situations and you're not going to be a destination for preferred free agents that's just the bottom line with uh with baseball and how it is nowadays yep that's very true so uh, i'm excited about that hey also uh this you know we should at least uh get a chance to talk a little bit about this because today's show is going to be busy jay jaffe at at 420 and then uh, aj hotskins coming up at five Uh, he's got his first professional MMA fight. Uh, that bout is going to be scheduled this weekend out in Albuquerque, so we'll talk to AJ this weekend or next weekend? Next weekend, that's right. But right. he he leaves, I believe he leaves pretty soon. Uh, he is going through intensive training right now, so this is kind of the last week to get a, a chance and get a hold of AJ Hodgkins before things get busy. That guy is intense to begin with. If he's actually training intense at his level, I can't even imagine what that's like. You know what's crazy is he came to our, he was telling me this uh, off air, that he came to our studios just about a year year ago to talk about his first jujitsu matchup and, I remember and that. that was like just uh you know trying to get into the fighting reins not really knowing what he's doing now this is MMA this is a big step up uh and he's leaving town to do so let's see what he can do I mean this is competing at a really high level for AJ Hodgkin Albuquerque's a huge hub too so if he does it and does well that's a big deal that's a very big deal so good for AJ we'll have a chance to talk to him at five o'clock and then and the six o'clock hour fresh off their big win last night over Parkland um, Rodney Lewis is going to join us, the uh, head coach at Chapin High. Congratulations to both teams, by the way. Um, you know, really, Parkland has nothing to uh, be ashamed about. They came back in the fourth quarter, made it interesting. And, you know, you look at uh, how that team has, has uh, really developed. Parkland has been terrific. And I'll say this about uh, the Matadors also. Um Jeremy Vanley has been so successful. Uh, even it's his second go-round to Parkland. He was great the first time. But he, when he went to Motwood, he could never duplicate that success with the Rams like he had with the Matadors. Never could. Had some teams that were like, you know, under 500, but never really broke through. He goes back to Parkland, and it's like he picks up right where we left off. So, you know, here's a guy that is made there. He played there. He's coached there on two different occasions. He has over 300 wins. Congratulations to Jeremy Vanley on what has been a, a terrific run as coach. And um, for Chapin, showing that they can do this without K.J. Lewis and getting back to the regional, the Sweet 16, the regional semis, that's a huge deal for them. It really is. I feel like with this team, they, they kind of stepped up uh, all in the absence of uh, K.J. Lewis. And what he does, what K.J. 
Rashid D- Lewis does to your team immediately, not to take away from him, is he elevates it immediately due to his ability to slash, play, make, uh, be on ball, off ball defensively, and uh, just play at a really high level. I mean, that's the reason he's going to Arizona. That's the reason why he played at the acclaimed Duncanville this past year and moved away from Chapin. But what it allowed with his apps and what it allowed it uh, to do for Chapin is all these different guys around stepping up. I mean, Bryson Goldsmith has been outstanding all year long. He's going to be joining us later on in the show as well, along with uh, Rodney Lewis on their trip out to Wichita Falls uh, as they get ready for the Sweet 16. But now Chapin, third in a row for Sweet 16. It's a dynasty out there for Chapin. Very impressive for them, and and I'm happy that we regularly get to talk about them going to the Sweet 16. Me too. Uh, It's well-deserved. Well-deserved. All right. Jay Jaffe coming up next. Right after Charlie with traffic, good to have you back with us here on a Wednesday edition of Sports Talk. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. Twenty past as we welcome you back to the show. This is Sports Talk, along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Baseball season is here. Spring training games are a plenty. Lot happening, which means this man is busy as ever. He's Jay Jaffe. Our, weg- our, our I was going to say our regular, uh, uh, how about our regular uh, Wednesday spot from uh, Fangraphs.com. We'll talk a little beer later in the segment with Jay. We'll get his pick for the week, but uh, he's been busy writing for Fangraphs. He hosted a chat as well and uh, wrote an article about the uh, tough uh, news with Gavin Lux being out for the year uh, with that uh, torn ACL. That's part of what happens, Jay. We have games going on right now, and unfortunately, players get hurt. And even though we're less than a week into it, there's been some big names that have been going down with injuries. Yeah, this is this is the most significant injury so far because it's a season ender, and it just it happened on just such a fluky play. Uh, Lux running from second to third base, ducked to avoid uh, the throw on an around the horn. Uh, uh, double play and just stumbled and tumbled and came up clutching his knee and it looked it looked awful in the moment and I think we all knew it was probably going to be uh, potentially season ending when when it happened but uh, torn ACL for a kid who you know came into uh, 2021 as as Fangraphs number two prospect in all of baseball behind Wander Franco had a decent year. Um, didn't quite the power hasn't quite materialized, but he he's shown some versatility and he'd done a lot of off season work uh, to uh, to strengthen himself and to and to reach that power that the scouts had really liked about him. And moving back to the position he'd played in the minor leagues to to offset the loss of Trey Turner, um, he was primed for 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 a significant year. And instead, he's going to be watching it from the sidelines, and the Dodgers are going to have to. Uh, hope that Miguel uh, Rojas's uh, bat rebounds after a really ugly season and some injuries, and uh, it's just another way in which the Dodgers have taken a step back relative to last year's 111 win powerhouse. I think Rojas and Chris Taylor are probably the two best internal options right now for the Dodgers. They've kind of shifted Taylor more to a permanent outfield role, but he played short today. I do think Rojas will probably be getting most of the starts, but unless they sign a free agent like Jose Iglesias, who's still out there, it looks like Rojas and Taylor will probably be your solutions for the Dodgers this season. Yeah, I think I, I think it's probably a situation where they'll gut it out until the deadline, and assuming they're they're still contending, then uh, maybe keep an eye out for an upgrade. Um, you know, if if there's if there's a pending free agent uh, out there, or somebody they could use, 
um, you know, they'll take a look. I know that uh, um, not a lot of great options out there, but uh, like Elvis Andrews being, you know, a guy for the White Sox who they who just who could have actually made a, made a lot of sense for the Dodgers coming off of a pretty good season, um, but uh, signed with the White Sox instead. You know, who knows what they're they, – they look like a team taking a step back this year, so they may end up being out of it by August uh, or by the end of July. So he's somebody they'll keep an eye on. There's probably a few others out there. I know Yankee fans would love to foist Isaiah Kiner-Falefa on, on the Dodgers, but uh, I don't see him as being an upgrade over the Rojas-Taylor combination. How did you know when you were writing about how opting out may not be Manny Machado's best move – that a long-term deal was coming. Foreshadowing, Jay. I, I, some, you know, I, I sometimes like wish reverse, could... I reverse jinxed it. I actually I did. did a podcast with my colleague Dan Zimborski, <laughs> who, who who wrote up the final transaction and who supplied the projections for the uh, uh, that fueled my article as well. And I think what we both what we both missed was just how motivated the Padres were. I mean, you know, Manny gave them a deadline. Uh, and said, you know, you haven't met my number, and and they came back and said, well, okay, it's past the deadline, but what if we gave you this much money? And Manny's like, oh, that would be good with me. Um, and it's way beyond, you know, what the projections suggest. But, um, you know, I think what the Padres are doing here, they're they're spending very freely. Obviously, uh, signed Xander Bogarts over the winter. Uh, already had a, a long-term deal with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, extended you Darvish. They're buying themselves credibility. They are. They're making up for 50 years of lost time, Jay. Yeah, this is this is a team that until last year hadn't been uh, in the uh, National League Championship Series even since 1998, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they've been chasing the Dodgers and getting their butts mostly handed to them until last year when they beat them in the Division Series, shocked them in the Division Series. Um and now, you know, they're the only game in town in San Diego now that the, the uh, Chargers have left. Um, but, you know, they've got a beautiful ballpark, and they've got an owner who's motivated, and he's spending money. And, you know, I think in the long run, this is, this is, a, this is a, a team that's looking to build its franchise valuation and build up its credibility with its fans. And, um, you know, it just shows you there's more than one way to, to, to try to win. Um, they're going to they're gonna spend the money. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know. This means uh, they're going to be able to make a run at Juan Soto when he becomes a free agent. But um, they they like Manny Machado a lot, and he seems pretty happy there, and he's got every reason to be happy there. Let me say this. If they're able to pay Juan Soto whatever he gets, and they could somehow afford uh, a core that's got those four guys plus you, Darvish, locked up. And when I say four, I mean Tatis, Bogarts, uh, Machado, and Soto – Add Darvish to the mix and whoever else they've got by then. Uh, I, I just, I mean, yeah, Padre fans have to be super excited. It's almost like Seidler decided we're done letting the Dodgers outspend everybody in our division yep. and just be kings of the mountain, you know? Yep, yep. It's fun It's fun to see, especially when the alternative is listening to uh, people like Bob Netting of the Pirates and Phil Castellini of the Reds uh, whine about how you know about about how they can't afford to keep up with the pack, and you know maybe they can't. Um, but they're certainly pocketing enough money to turn profits here uh, while fielding miserable ball clubs. Uh, yeah, um, 
In my opinion, Jay, they all can. But you said it. They just It's their choice. It's not. This is not something where they're going to go bankrupt if they do it. Yeah. They just they want more money in their pockets, so they chose, chose not to spend as much as other clubs have. It's their prerogative. Uh, you know, look, if there's one team that has shown us year after year you don't have to spend to win and go to the playoffs, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, they're they're a good example. I mean, I think you know the Rays are maybe a little bit on the on the cutthroat side, and that they do some things regarding the way that they handle players that I'm not I'm not always very comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other examples. I mean, you know, the Brewers. I mean, we we piled on the Brewers last week over the uh, uh, the Corbin Burns arbitration thing, but the Brewers have been perennial contenders with uh, um, you know playing in one of the major's smallest markets. Um, they're 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 another very good example of of you know you don't need to uh, run a three hundred million dollar payroll to win and, and uh, um, you know there's there's smart owners there's smart owners and smart front offices out there that can that can uh, certainly uh, you know piece together good piece together good contending teams uh, over multiple years and uh, you know it's it, it, there's more than one way to skin a cat so to speak. If you've got questions for Jay, you can tweet us, just like Christopher Carrillo did, who asked who will replace Gavin Lux, which we addressed earlier in the segment. But again, if you've got questions for Jay, now is the time to get them to us. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You can also send them to us on our mobile app, powered by First American Bank. Those are the easy ways to get right on in and through to Sports Talk today. All right, uh, meanwhile... Let's talk about some of the other big storylines that uh, are, are making headlines. Um, we talked about the uh, you know Tampa a little while ago. Hey, Tyler Glasnow is going to be out. That oblique injury didn't look good, um, and you know you, you see uh, pitchers that are going to start to go down. That's another situation we have to closely monitor because he's had a hard time staying healthy over the last year plus. Yeah, he came back from uh, uh, Tommy John surgery and. Uh... Um, really didn't even get stretched out uh, enough to uh, for the playoffs, but um, I know the Rays were very optimistic about what they could get out of him this year. I mean, this is a guy who who really uh, is one of the best pitchers in the AL when he's healthy, but now he's looking at a six to eight week absence. Uh, it's going to extend into the regular season here, and I guess if there's a silver lining here, it's that you know because he only threw six six and two thirds innings last year in the regular season. Um, and another five in the postseason. He, this is not a guy who is going to give you 200 innings anyway. Um, you're probably looking at, uh, um, you know, 120 to 140 innings. So um, if he gets a late start, that more likely means he, you know, he's not going to hit the red line. Uh, they're not going to have to slow him down uh, later in the season. But again, you you got to hope he's healthy and. Uh, uh, pitches up to his capability here. Very true. Uh, you also wrote about Joey Votto and uh, Kenley Jansen uh, earlier in the week. Jansen, uh, last season, I th- I was expecting a, a sharp decline. That did not happen when he was with the Braves. And, you know, uh, Joey Votto, probably one of the guys that uh, he's a bit of a throwback personality-wise. He's a little he's a little quirky, a little different. And uh, it'd be fun to see him have a little uh, magic like Albert Pujols had last season. Yeah, Votto had a had a big 2021 after a slow start, and it kind of reversed a two-year trend of of, of uh, uh, decline. And then last year, he just got off to a miserable start, then uh, um, then got uh, uh, got sick, and then and then came back, and for a while hit very well after uh, ditching an experimental bat that he was using. 
um, but then tore up his shoulder and just couldn't go. Um, he's now in the final guaranteed year of this uh, 10-year contract with the Reds. Um, you know, Votto's been so much fun to watch. Uh, he's a guy who's, who, who's 12th in Jaws uh, in my system. Uh, looks like a you know Hall of Fame caliber player and, and uh, you know somebody who I think uh, is, is going to is going to get the votes because writers love him because he talks and he ta- he says offbeat stuff. Um, my wife has edited a bunch of fun pieces about him at the Athletic, uh, one of which got revisited this week. It was an oral history of Joey Votto's time with the Reds, and uh, uh, he uh, marked up a, a, a two-year-old article and added his his side of things, and it was a lot of fun uh, to see. Uh, what he had to say about some of the funny stories about him. But, uh, um, you know, really we're just hoping uh, Votto can get back to hitting, uh, you know, at a, at, a, at a productive clip here because uh, this may be the last we see of him. It's very true. More with Jay as we keep things moving on the show. But first, right back to Adrian. Let's get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Back right now with uh, Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs.com. Check out his Fangraphs chat from yesterday, along with his story on Gavin Lux, Joey Votto, Kenley Jansen, uh, all that up at uh, Fangraphs.com. Hey, uh, meanwhile, new rules. If you're watching games, you're watching that pitch clock and seeing what's being enforced. Heck, how about yesterday? Uh, Pirates and Blue Jays wanted to keep playing after the umpires called it, so they played the ninth inning without umpires. Yeah, that was that was funny, and and you know it's it's actually not that uncommon to see this uh, when it comes to teams agreeing to play a full nine innings, even if the home team is winning and uh, going into the bottom of the ninth. It happens a lot in spring. The reason is because uh, teams want to get their pitchers work, um, you know, and 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 uh, uh, that's you know another another three outs, another twenty pitches that they could have gotten somebody there. Uh, or that they wanted to get for somebody to keep them on schedule and just you know give them a platform to build up from. So yeah, that was that was pretty weird. You don't see that every day. Uh, fortunately, there wasn't much at stake. That's right. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's been interesting to I've I've only gotten a short glimpses of baseball here because I've got some uh, uh, some stuff keeping me away from the computer right now in terms of uh, putting our our apartment on the market and going through all those uh, kind of headaches. But uh, um, the pitch clock is another one uh, that we're see- that we're seeing a lot of that you- that you mentioned, and uh, we can talk about that if you want. Yeah, it's that that has been interesting, especially where uh, umpires can start to you know either uh, call balls or strikes depending on how fast the pitchers get on the mound, or in the case of that uh, game, the first day of spring training when a batter was late getting in and all of a sudden uh, was was punched out. Yeah, and we getting back to Manny Machado. He said something to the effect of he expects he expects to start the year with a start the, start with a lot of O one counts because he's slow getting into the box. Um, yeah, the, you know they're 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 enforcing this rule significantly from you know for, uh, stringently from from day one here, and uh, it's going to take take a while to get used to for for people uh, both for uh, pitchers and for hitters and and for fans and broadcasters as well. Um, you know, right now it looks a little frenetic at times, uh, but we've seen in the minor leagues players adapt to this. Um, we've got five weeks of spring training here for players to adapt. I think it's all going to be fine uh, in the end for the most part. Um, you know, cutting out the amount of dead time that it's going to cut out, I think, is, is, 
is a significant deal because there's so much dawdling between pitches. And I wrote about Kenley Jansen being uh, the major league leader in, in uh, time between pitches last year with men on base, um, yeah, averaging 30 seconds per pitch. And, and uh, uh, even when you factor the timer uh, into it, uh, he's about, uh, about four seconds too long uh, once you factor the, you know, the difference between uh, measuring pitch to pitch for, versus measuring uh, from from the end of one pitch to the start of the next delivery, uh, he admitted himself that he's got to clean that up, and that it's kind of embarrassing how long it's gotten uh, between pitches. And uh, it's interesting. I studied this last week, and most of the most of the culprits are relievers. Hmm. Um, almost all of them uh, are the ones who, who averaged uh, the longest between pitches uh, last year. Shohei Otani and Corbin Burns were the only qualified starters of significance uh, uh, that. Uh, that, that had high averages, uh, and Otani uh, fared well in his first spring outing yesterday, so I think that's going to be less of a problem for him, and it's going to be uh, more for the relievers who are going max effort and want to recharge that uh, uh, themselves to, to throw 97 every every time. Meanwhile, Christopher Carrillo with a follow-up tweet, Jay, will the pitch clock survive in MLB? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it will. You know, it, it's here for a year. Um, even if the players don't like it, uh, the I think the the uh, the, co- the competition committee um, there's enough votes on the competition committee that uh, um, they can overrule the players, and, and that's uh, some of these rules that were implemented this year. Um, I believe, including the pitch clock, were over the players' objections because uh, it was a six to five vote um, uh, against them, and this this is this committee was created. Uh, as part of the last CBA, the new CBA here, um, you know, in order to facilitate the adoption of rules and give players a voice, which they didn't previously have, but they don't have a majority on the board, so uh, they're kind of they're kind of uh, hosed when it comes to uh, their objections. They'll be listened to, but they won't necessarily be enough to qu- to quash a rule. So I do expect this rule to survive um, at least for a year. Um, we might be stuck with it till the next CBA if it, if it goes wrong, but that doesn't mean it won't be tweaked. Uh, if there is widespread dissatisfaction and a perception that there are ways to improve this. Before I get to your beer pick of the week, you just dropped a, a little breaking news on us a few minutes ago. You said you're uh, putting the house, the apartment up for sale. Will you be leaving Brooklyn, Jay? Where will the Jaffe clan be headed? That's not currently the plan. The current okay. plan is to, to try to find somewhere else in Brooklyn, but this could take a while because we got a lot to do here before we can sell this place. Okay. But the plan is to stay in an apartment or a house? What are you thinking? Uh, probably an apartment, but uh, further further south in Brooklyn. Gotcha. All right, let's wrap it up. Beer pick of the week. What are we talking about? Okay, this is one I've had for the first time in a while, and it harkens back to uh, years and years ago when when everything we talked about or so much of what we talked about were beers that were available all around the country. This is the Stone Delicious IPA. Uh, this is a uh, high ABV IPA, 7.2%. It's made with... Columbus Calypso Lemon Drop and El Dorado Hops, and it has a bit of a citrusy uh, flavor and, and profile to it, uh, uh, but it's really easy drinking, and, and uh, one that uh, um, uh, bought a six-pack of recently and uh, liked it enough that I went back for another here, and uh, um, you know, it used to be we drank a ton of Stone IPA, and uh, uh, their, their Enjoy By IPA and others, and 
Um, this one is, has found a way back into the rotation. Happy to hear it. Follow Jay on Twitter at Jay underscore Jaffe. Check out his work at Fangraphs.com. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again right back here next Wednesday. All right. Sounds great, Steve. Thanks. You got it. From Jay Jaffe over to KVIA News. That update next. Followed by Charlie One and then more Sports Talk, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right. Back here on Sports Talk, 49 now past the hour. Don't forget. Former UTEP minor AJ Hodgkins coming up with us here inside our studios to begin our five o'clock hour. Excited about that. AJ always brings it when he shows up. Maximum energy. A lot to talk about. So excited about having AJ back. We'll do that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Telephone number. If you want to get in, now is definitely the time to do it. Uh, This story about Jalen Carter is a huge one. It is an enormous story because you talk about a guy that uh, is a consensus, not just top five prospect. Some think that uh, Jalen Carter could have been the number one prospect, uh, number one overall pick in the NFL draft, now charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with that crash that killed a teammate and recruiting staff member. This is a bad spot, and, man, from a timing standpoint, uh, it couldn't come at any worse time, but when you realize the severity uh, for Jalen Carter, uh, here is uh, somebody that you wonder, Adrian, when it's all said and done, now that he's been charged, uh, what what's going to happen to him here in a couple months? Well, I mean, just to put it in perspective, Mel Kuyper Jr., uh, who is well known as ESPN's draft guru, rates uh, Carter as the number one overall prospect in the draft. He's not participating in the workout portion of the combine, but he will conduct team interviews and he'll undergo a physical. I wonder if he ends up canceling those interviews knowing what we found out today. Uh, very alarming news. When this story initially came out about the player on Georgia. Uh, I mean, remember, the Bulldogs just won a national championship, so they were riding a high on their end and very excited, but you see that there was a staff member who was killed in this, a player on Georgia who was killed in this, and now you're hearing that Jalen Carter was involved and they were uh, like racing against each other. Yep. Uh, this is, yeah, a really bad story all around. Well, apparently he's making arrangements to turn himself in. That's the first thing. He also said he's going to return to Athens to, quote, answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. Um, here is the thing, though. Apparently, um, the Atlanta Constitu- uh, J- uh, Journal-Constitution had this story that not only Carter was present at the scene of the crash, but then provided shifting accounts of the wreck to police. And that's where it gets dicey, Adrian. That's right, and I, I feel like with this entire story, knowing how much uh, the initial story shocked the world about the offensive lineman uh, being tragically killed along with the staff member, I, I don't know how this plays out it favorably for Jalen Carter if he's indeed involved with this situation. Uh, I wonder how this will impact his draft stock, but more importantly than that, what if he serves some kind of uh, really like jail time or something like that, or like big-time charges with this? He denied racing to the officer after the incident but it turns out that there were a bunch of cars that were racing and and not just one not just the car that ended up crashing and killing the offensive lineman and recruiting coordinator 
Yeah, that's an even worse situation as well. I I don't like the reckless driving stuff. I feel like we, we've seen that way too many times from athletes, and it's just a red flag right there. Remember Henry Ruggs III? I think that's probably the most recent example you can pull from, but he was already in the league. He was already in the NFL, and uh, he did this, and also somebody was tragically killed in that situation in Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely right. I remember that very well. Uh, it didn't happen that long ago. All right, AJ's next. We'll get a chance to talk to the former minor as Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue. Oh, I love it every time we get to have A.J. Hodgkins back in studio. Man, we got to meet a few years ago when he was at UTEP, wrecking havoc on the field. Since then, he's transitioned. He went viral on uh, social media for his crazy workouts that were intense, turned into a workout warrior, made a living with that. Now he's an MMA he wants to beat people up for a living, which is nice. And he's going to be competing in Albuquerque next weekend. Excited about that. First professional, professional MMA fight for our next guest, AJ Hodgkins. Welcome back. Good to see you. How you doing? Uh, really well, man. I always appreciate you guys sharing the platform with me and uh, connecting with the city of El Paso. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, we like you because you have a lot to say and you're usually pretty colorful in how you express yourself, which is always a plus for any radio host. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll keep it vanilla today and I, I think uh, we'll be all right. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I haven't had too much to say, but... Uh, I appreciate it, man. Always. Uh, I'll, I'll try to. Uh, I'll try to get some extra stuff. Okay. Out of you. I'll, see what, right. I'll see what I can do. But catch me up. We haven't talked to you in a while. In fact, I, I can't remember if the last time was when you're getting ready to start your first uh, career. Um, you know, in amateur uh, MMA fighting or not, or how long has it been? You tell me. So I think it's been a couple months since I've been on here. The last time I was on here, I think I was promoting a boxing event. So I took a boxing match, which I'm not much of a boxer. I, mm-hmm. I took the match. And uh, you guys, again, let me onto the platform, and uh, I got I got a chance to promote it on here. And that was about three months ago. I ended up winning, and I got a third-round TKO as predicted on here. As wow. Always. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We called it. So So tell me this, okay? You've played football. You've now uh, you've done jiu-jitsu. You've done boxing. This is going to be now mixed martial arts as a professional. You've done all these different sports. I'm sure you played basketball as a kid, too, and other sports as well. Um, is there one in particular that really you've gravitated to the most of all these? Because I almost feel like you're dabbling in a lot of different things after football, just trying to see which one maybe piques your interest the most and where you feel you've got really a lot of potential to develop. Uh, I think mixed martial arts is funny. We were talking about that earlier today. I think that, uh, it's just freedom of expression. You, like you, you mentioned earlier, jujitsu, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, there's so many different martial arts. And I think that uh, freedom of expression is awesome, and I think that I do a really good job of expressing myself through MMA. Whereas when you're a linebacker in football, like you have, you're 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 kind of you're kind of boxed, where it's like, okay, this is your these are your three responsibilities: stop the run, stop the pass, run to the football, whatever. Yep. But I think uh, with mixed martial arts, it's just going there, and once they lock the cage, you're in there with another your opponent, and uh, your goal is to shut their body down. You know what I mean, and get them to submit. And uh, I think that there's so many different creative ways to do that. I always tell people I'm loading right now. I'm just 10% of my potential and just climbing, 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 climbing. And uh, so I've really gravitated to this. I fell in love with it. I I train two, three times a day. I love it every single day. And I get to kind of create my own schedule. And, uh, you know, after kind of transitioning from, like, entrepreneurial type stuff, uh, I just love the fact that I'm able to kind of – roam around i still film my content and i tie it into mixed martial arts and uh so i've really found a home doing it so um 
yeah, it's kind of where we're at, you know. Is it also nice that you're not having to rely on anybody else in competition, that this is simply, you know, this is just you and your opponent? Then when you play football, hey, there are 21 other players on the field besides yeah. you, and a lot of things could come into play that could directly impact whether or not you're involved. Well, yeah, I love the fact that you're in complete control. You know what I mean? You're in complete control. And, uh, you know, football is the ultimate team game because, like you said, there's 22 players on the field at one time. And if, if one player doesn't do their assignment, if one person doesn't get the call from the sideline, if one person messes up, um, again, it could be a touchdown when I'm a defensive player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that with mixed martial arts, I think a lot of it goes into it when you're building up and, and you're getting ready for your one moment. And my moment is March 11th. And I think that uh, just build, building up to that moment is when you're putting in the, the time, the effort, you're checking all the boxes, you're crossing your T's, dotting your I's, and uh, and it feels good to be in complete control. And then uh, also just like you know, my teammates, shout out to everybody that comes and trains with me and uh, because I, I never realized how important a team was until I became a martial artist because you're only as good as the people that you're training with and you want people to come in and iron only sharpens iron. And I think that uh, that wasn't the mindset that I was in as a football player, even though um, even more so as a, as a football team, you know, because you need everyone, you know what I mean? But uh, as a martial artist, I've really uh, I've really like learned to, to, to like embrace my team and my teammates because uh, they're the ones that give me the opportunity to get better, you know what I mean, every day. And so mm-hmm. – um, yeah, and I and I've fallen in love with it, and uh, that this is where we're at, you know. And I feel like every time I come on here, I have something new to say, and uh, you know, because I think this time last year I was doing my jiu-jitsu event, and that was my first ever competition in uh, any type of martial arts. And I think that uh, again, just just my evolution as a martial artist and coming on here and getting to talk about it has been awesome. So I appreciate you guys, you know, again. Right on, uh, AJ. I want to ask you. Uh, I want to ask you specifically about your motivation because a year ago you you talked about how you were trying to motivate yourself to get involved in this. Now, as you're into it and you're talking about a team around you, who are some of the people who motivate you to fight and uh, you know compete professionally at this level for MMA? Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, my motivation comes internally, I think, a, a lot of the times just because, uh, you know, it's something that I want to do. I'm passionate about it. Um, and, and, and for me to dedicate my life to it, um, you know, and, 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 and really dedicate myself to it is just about my evolution. And you hear uh, great, you know, great sports figures talk about it, like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. These guys are like obsessed with their their self, like like with their 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 like their product, you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I see myself as a product and I just got to continue to develop it, fine tune it, and then put myself out there. And, uh, as far as like external motivation, I have a young family, uh, that I take care of. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a huge, huge motivational, uh, motiv- motivation for me, um, because I come home every day and, and I see them and, and I know, I know they're, 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 they're looking up to me and they, so that, that's big for me. And then, you know, the people that I train with, the people that I train with every day, uh, Aaron, you know, he's sitting here videotaping me, right? You know, all the people that I train with, I feel like I owe them the respect to go out there and, and perform uh, courageously. And uh, that's what I focus on is just making myself proud and making the people around me proud because, um, you know, I'm not focused on outcome. It's not about win, losing, anything like that. It's about my evolution as a martial artist and making myself proud and making the people around me proud proud of me. And um so that that's you know that's the plan moving forward and, and especially on March 11th. AJ Hodgkins will be debuting um, in uh, Albuquerque. Fight World MMA 23 is going to be the event, 
And we already know that uh, Albuquerque is the mecca of mixed martial arts. That's obvious. We've seen some incredible fights uh, that have taken place over there and fighters that have trained there as well. Uh, I'm excited for you for this because you're going to be going up against Mark Hussey from United Fit. He is 1-0 in his professional career. You're making your pro debut. You're fighting out of Zen Marion Arts. Uh, tell me about Zen Marion Arts. Um, so, yeah, so I train at Zen. I train at uh, 10 Planet, and I train at Elite uh, Kickboxing. And uh, I, I train really, pretty much anywhere. Anywhere there's a good competition is where I'm going to be at. Um, so, you know, my week kind of I'm bouncing around Zen Sundays, 10th Planet, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So elite kickboxing after this. And, uh, again, you know, it's not so much about my opponent or anybody else or where I'm training at. It's more so just about me uh, being in the right mindset, me, uh, you know, spiritually, physically, and mentally. And, and I feel that I am that right now. And uh, I'm just super excited to go in there and show everybody what I've been uh, working towards. So um, March 11th, that's, that's what we plan on doing. And everywhere I go, it seems I set the the arena on fire, and that that's been the case this this whole entire year. This is my first year competing, like I said, mm-hmm. and uh, again, every time I compete, the energy just rises, and uh, and when the energy rises, I feel I'm at my best. So I'm excited. Explain to me when you just said when you compete, the uh, you know it. it you, the fire goes into the arena, like it it energizes the crowd. What do you do? that turns a an ordinary MMA crowd, which is excited anyway because they love the event and the action, right. what turns them up about three or four notches and, and just really gets these fans pumped up uh, when you're in the ring? Just just my aura, my confidence, my movement, everything about what I bring to the table is, is what gets people going, I think. And, uh, and, and, and when I go, I think people understand that there's something special, whether or not they choose to acknowledge that or not. Um, I think that people know. Yeah. And I'm creating a ton of momentum here locally in El Paso. I just won Naga. I just uh, won two belts at Naga in the expert division after one year of competition. And I think people are starting to realize that I'm not joking around. This has nothing to do for with social media. This has nothing to do with anything outside of myself, just like I told you earlier. My motivation is within myself and uh, – I'm just super excited. I feel like I'm built, built built to do this. This is what I'm I'm meant to do. So I'm excited about it. Uh, I want to ask you, AJ, a little bit more about Naga, the North American Grappling Association titles that you won over the weekend. But I want to ask you first: uh, when you energize some of these crowds, I'm sure that you kind of bring some kind of a provocative attitude about you. Just, I mean, you, you talked about it naturally. What uh, has, has there been kind of smack talking against you? And if so, what do you do to kind of tone that out or embrace it if it happens in an actual fight? Yeah, no, I just love it. It just makes me. It just gets me into my. Mind. Mode. I'm just in my like a like a flow state and I'm extremely focused and when I'm competing you can you see it come out and it's no different like if you were to come watch me train later on today it's the same energy it's the same or I say the same things I do the same things but um, I think that the crowd just gets into it and for whatever reason again like it's not that I'm doing anything that uh that uh like it's not it's me it's just who I am and uh when I train this is the way that I am when I compete this is the way that I am and I'm having fun you know most most importantly and uh so I think you know just 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 with that I think people just I don't know they gravitate to it or or they uh they heckle or they they whatever and, and either way it's used as internal motivation and just brings me more focus and I think that it bends and it breaks my opponent because it's 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 not me I love it and I live for it you know so and I and I love the pressure and I and I and I'm super excited for March 11th because again this is a uh, like you know I might 
you say confidence and et cetera. But uh, at this, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to get in a fight, and uh, you know anything could happen. And I, and I respect all of my opponents, and um, I'm just super excited for the opportunity to go out there and again uh, just express everything that I've been working on. And again, uh, you know, it's already been manifested and it's already been put out there. And um, it's just it just has to happen on March 11th, and it happens every day. It happens in training. Happened at Naga this weekend. It's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen every single time I step out, and I just bring it. You know what I mean? And I'm excited about it. So, uh, can you explain what Naga is and what the tournament was that you were in this weekend, and how you did get in those two belts? Yeah. So uh, Naga is a is a is a tournament. They 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 move around the country and they pop up in different cities and. Pretty much anybody could sign up to do a Naga, um, and it's uh, actually got some really good competition this week. I got a really good push. Uh, my first match was a, a guy. He was a big dude. He's a big, like, defensive end-looking dude, and I actually re- recently did a video on him. I was, like, dismantling a jiu-jitsu gi- giant because he's huge. He came out with, with a ton of energy, a ton of aggression, and uh, that was my first match of the day. And, again, I compete all the time because I want to I get tested and I want to compete and I, and I want to I wanna continue to level up. And I feel like when I compete, um, I continue to level up. And I think the best way to level up, and if you're young, you're listening to this, is through competition, live competition, putting yourself out there, risk of exposure. I, I, you, I come on this radio show and I say, I say these things on camera. I post these things. But at the end of the day, nobody can say it because I'm backing it up. Everything I, I, I say, I go out there and back up. I've never ran from any competition and I continue to compete and um yeah I mean Naga went really well sorry about the tangent Naga went really well my second match I I beat another dude a local dude uh uh smaller dude and uh for the championship for the for my first belt and then we moved into the absolute division which is like the open division the open weight division so this is the open weight division of El Paso or uh the southwest if you're wherever you're from you could be from Midland whatever like I don't know who all came but um and I went three and zero in the absolute division. I got some really tough competition, and again, I got I got a push. But we came out on the other side of it, and uh, we came out more confident, and uh, we came out with some momentum. And so uh, we're excited for March third or eleventh. Excuse me. I'm watching a video of you on your Instagram page from Naga. You're laughing at the guy before you destroy him. Like, and I know it wasn't disrespect, but I could tell that when you get in the ring, you've got so much confidence that nothing phases you. And I enjoyed that. The first thing I saw was you kind of smiling and laughing. Next thing you know, you plow into this poor guy and basically take him down. That was the end of that. That was the monster, too. That was the mom in there playing with a monster, you know? So, uh, no, it's just, like I said, man, you asked earlier about the, it's just authentic energy, and it's like, I'm just having fun. I'm like a kid in seventh grade. When I was in seventh grade, we just go outside of my apartment and we shoot hoops and we, uh, you know, talk, talk back and forth to each other and, and, and be charismatic and just say whatever you want. And that's what I do now. And if you don't, if you have a problem with that, then that's, that's your problem. That has nothing to do with me. I'm not being, like you said, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just like, that's just, it's just, you're being you. I'm just having fun. And guess what? When my opponent starts having fun, I'm, I'm having even more fun because, uh, my last match of the day of the absolute division, uh, a dude came out and he was flowing around and he was being funny. He was smiling. He was laughing and he was having fun. And we both had fun. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I just like to bring positive energy, have fun, and then again, get creative, flowy, and, and, and just be myself out there, like I'm like I'm training at Ten Planet or I'm training at Elite or wherever I'm training. You know, so uh, that's kind of the, the the game plan there. You know, so 
Good. More with AJ as we continue. We'll tell you how you can uh, actually attend the event in Albuquerque a week uh, from Saturday. But as we continue on Sports Talk, let's go to Charlie One and get our first traffic update of our 5 o'clock hour. Welcome back, everybody. As we continue, uh, AJ Hodgkins with us right now, former minor, current uh, MMA. Uh, let's just say it. I mean, you're going to be you're now a uh, you're going to be a professional MMA fighter starting a week from Saturday in Albuquerque. This event, uh, for those of you uh, that are interested, it's called Fight World MMA 28 at Revel or uh, is it the Revel? If it's Revel or the Revel Entertainment Center. Um, in Albuquerque. Doors are going to open at uh, 6 p.m., first bell at 7 p.m. Um, on March the 11th. In fact, how are sponsors coming? I see you've got the Shred Skins uh, hoodie right now with our, our good pal, Clay Griffin. That's exciting. What else you got going on right now as far as sponsors? Man, yeah, so I, I got a ton of really good sponsors, man. So, uh, number one, Right Drive. Right Drive is awesome. Um, I'm actually friends with one of the owners. I used to train one of the owners at Right Drive. That helps. Um, yeah, 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 and he's uh, he's been a, a huge support. Um, currently, they're having a sale on vehicles for tax season, easy financing, and they'll get you in and out in an hour. Um, these guys are great. I love Right Drive. Look um, at you. Wow. You, are, and, I, you and, know what? Not only do you have, you, listen, okay. not only do you have sponsors, Wow, you're a pitch man. And you're uh, good, and, good, and you're that good at great. it. Did we get that? Yes, <laughs> that you are funny. a pitchman for okay. Right Drive. Out of boy, I'm good sorry for you. to disappoint everybody uh, listening, but yeah. uh, that was me reading. That was me reading. That. We we didn't realize that was a read. We thought that was just uh, you know you, that was you, off you, the top. It you've known good. about that so much as a sponsor, you just knew it. That was great. Good no, job. but uh, no, but but uh, all, all all seriousness, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like major shout out to those guys um, because again, I'm an up and coming fighter. They're taking care of me financially. Good fighting is not cheap. You know, I'm training. I, like I said, I train at three, four different gyms. Um, I, I'm a full time entrepreneur, influencer uh, with air quotes. I, I don't call myself that, but. Uh, Again, it's it's not cheap to do in a hotel training, et cetera, et cetera. So again, shout out to the guys over at Right Drive. I appreciate you guys helping me out. And then also, uh, uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys blew me up for this one. Uh, Granada's uh, Auto Body Collision Repair and Custom Works. Um, everything from a fender bender to a complete restoration. We work with all uh, insurance uh, companies. And we'll stand by our work with warranty. Uh, make sure you guys call 915-500-5266 or vid- visit us online at GranadasAutoBody.com. Uh, and again, uh, major shout-out to those guys. Those guys took care of my fender bender. Uh, tremendous experience. I appreciate those guys as well. And they helped me out financially. So make sure you guys go check those guys out. Um, hopefully we could do a link or something in the yeah. description. And, uh, and then last but not least, uh, Paleo Santa Cruz Medicinals. Um, they hooked me up with all their supplements. And, uh, again, on this one, guys, like I, I wouldn't recommend any supplements that aren't the top of the line for you guys. So these guys are all paleo-based products, which is um, uh, either animal-based, plant-based, or um, so paleo diet. And that's what I've been following, and uh, it's been worked tremendously for me. And all super clean supplements. So those, those are the three people that have been helping me out. And, again, I, I super appreciate them. And, uh, yeah, nothing but love. And, uh, again, local fighter. Um, former UTEP football player looking for sponsors. So if you're hearing this and uh, you'd like to sponsor me, uh, reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, Fit with J L L C will work. And uh, again, just trying to uh, put on for the city of El Paso. And uh, really, uh, it'd be be awesome to get some people behind me. And uh, shout out to the people that already have. 
So if I go to underscore fit with J, J-A-Y, and then the other underscore, so there's an underscore on each side and fit with J right in the middle, but J is spelled J-A-Y. Yeah, J-A-Y. Go right, go right to your, uh, your IG page. And by the way, um, I like this IG page. You've got, you've got you. videos. You've got, you've, you've got a ticket link for your fight on the 11th, which is really cool because you can scan the QR code and then put in your fighter code, AJ, and uh, that gets you right in. That will be like right in your section. That would be very cool. Yeah, so if you're somebody that's thinking about coming out to the fights, which you absolutely should be thinking about coming out to the fights, not only am I fighting, but we also have nine, I think nine or ten other of my teammates uh, here locally in El Paso will be fighting. So, um, and again, uh, like you said, uh, uh, Albuquerque is the fight capital, uh, maybe not of the world, but but it's one of the fight capitals, and uh, they get rowdy, so we're bringing a huge uh, crowd from El Paso. Like I said, uh, we're lighting it on fire. Like I told you that earlier, we're going to light it on fire, and uh, we're taking over the, the what did you say the center was called one more time? The, I think the, it's at the Revel Center. Whatever they call yeah, it. Whatever, taking, whatever, yeah, whatever it, it is. I heard. Uh, we're coming in on horseback, we're taking it over. You I, know heard you, I, mean? I, I heard you're buying a ticket for Dana Dimmel to come watch you on the 11th. <laughs> yeah, Dana, if you're, if you're listening to this, I'll shoot you a text after this. Uh, because it would be awesome if you guys came and supported. Um, that would be awesome. The whole team, bring the whole team. It would be nothing but inspirational for everybody to see me go get a major finish, a major finish in my first MMA fight. And, again, uh, if Dana just comes through, I, I do got him a ticket. That would VIP be so cool. Too. Wouldn't it be great if the whole UTEP football team showed up that and had a sick. section to go watch you and root you on? Hey, that would be sick. It would be I, sick. I would – I would – like and again, I I told uh I I tell people this all the time. The more people that I could get to come out and get get behind me and support me, the just the higher higher it brings me. And uh yeah. and again uh like for me, I'm I'm nothing but love for UTEP, and uh I need to go check out some uh, spring ball. Yeah, it just I started Monday. It. Yeah, I know. I, I saw what a former so Kahani. I don't know if you remember Kahani Smith has been a uh, he's been dropping in and training, doing some sparring and stuff with me. So nice. That's been cool too. But I saw that he was a. Uh, mm-hmm. He was at spring ball and uh and uh anyway yeah. Well, let me uh, ask you: so Are you are you, uh, are, you uh, are you training Friday at nine a.m. or are you uh, free? Uh, Friday free. at nine. Free. They're they're going to be practicing Friday at nine. Are you going to be there? I'm going Friday okay. at nine. Well, I'll see you there. Let's go together. I'll we'll, be fine. We'll I'll, 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 no, no, I'll no, no, see I'm you serious. there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not. We'll, yeah. We'll me too. I'm, I'm going to be there. We'll go. Good, Adrian. You should. Adrian, you should. Yeah. Please. I mean, Adrian's always welcome. Adrian's a given. Adrian, we know he's going, so that's easy. Um, what is a typical workout for you like? Give me an idea. Take me through. Uh, you do three of these a day, and I'm sure they're all different. But what is an uh, you know a, a workout for AJ Hodgkins like? Well, it, it depends on the day. So, like, I and if you guys follow me on Instagram, if you're somebody that's interested in strength and conditioning, I post a ton of strength and conditioning stuff, and that's kind of what blew me up on Instagram or social media in general. But, um, you know, like with this with uh, with martial arts, I, I've been training been training more martial arts than I have strength and conditioning. And the reason why is because uh, the strength and conditioning side is is is, is important, yes, but also uh, my skill and my ability as a martial artist uh, needs to continue to progress. Uh, I'm already an a athletic anomaly, in my opinion, and uh, and I, and I feel great athletically, and so. A lot of my, a lot of my, a lot of my craft is, uh, and a lot of my time and energy spent 
uh, training martial arts. So what that would look like is like maybe like jujitsu in the morning. Maybe I have some MMA in the afternoon and then jujitsu at night. Just and it kind of mixes up. It might like today it was uh, I hit mitts and I did some shadow boxing and hit the bag and stuff. And then I'll come back in and I'll do some kickboxing tonight, kickboxing, sparring, and a little bit of wrestling to end. So um, it just kind of depends. How does your body handle that with all the man, workouts? I was telling you, man, uh, that's why uh, just again, again, uh, major shout out. Um, major shout out to Santa Cruz Medicinals. And the reason why I continue to talk about them is because uh, they get me right and they get me up every day where it's like um, I, I take my full lineup of uh, supplements. And again, I just feel great because I'm taking care of my body. I'm putting nothing but the best products in my body. I'm eating nothing but uh, whole organic foods. And uh, I think that really just helps with my recovery process. I sleep eight hours a day. Nice. I, I take cold showers, cold showers every day. That's good and for I'm, you. I'm in the sauna every day. And again, Santa Cruz Medicinals helping me out. I'm, I'm supplementing every day. And honestly, I've never felt this good in my life. Never felt this good when I was playing football. And I just feel so diverse, athletic. And, uh, and again, I, I, I ask of my body. I love my body. And I treat my body with respect. So it does for me. And um, so I feel great. And I recover fast. And uh, we just keep going, you know. Keep, I'm a workhorse. I, I tell everybody all the time, I just love to work, whether that be what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. me on the, the radio, me doing some content, me shooting some videos, wh- whatever. I just love to work, and I, I love to be just at work, you know, and uh, martial arts and, and strength and stuff like that is a part of it. So it's just a part of the process, you know. Bottom of the hour. More with AJ as we continue. But first, let's go to Adrian right across the glass. He's got a Sports Center update for us. Much. AJ Hodgkins here along with his buddy Aaron. Aaron uh, doing a nice job videographing you, and uh, he's one of your workout partners, huh? Yeah, man, uh, one of my training partners, and then uh, we just met on a super organic, uh, organic interaction, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I do some uh, video stuff," and like, I was like, "Oh, I'm always looking for video." Like as you guys know, I always come in here with video, mm-hmm. and so he's super passionate about what he's doing, and uh, we're shooting a short, short film right now. We'll see how it, we'll see how it goes, and uh, but yeah, he's been he's been a part of like the kind of the mixed martial arts scene. And um, sorry, guys. That's okay. And, happens um, to me all the time. There's some. We have some water yeah, for you if like, you need it. Don't worry about it. That's <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. Uh, no, he's been a part of the mixed martial arts scene. He's he's uh, fairly new and uh, just super passionate about what he does and uh, been putting together some really dope videos for me. And uh, again, just hats off to him and I appreciate him. You know what I mean? And because uh, I'm always looking for film, always looking for film. There you go. And shooting dope content. You know what I mean? So I do. You are a content creator. That is part of your mantra, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. And, and again, it's it's just my day to day. So it's like whatever I'm doing, and then we just kind of put it together and make it look cool. Maybe behind the sound, and uh, again, just growing, growing on social media. You know, uh, AJ, want to <laughs> ask you a little bit more about uh, what you're doing in terms of MMA after this fight that comes up on sat- next Saturday. What's next? What are you looking to get into? Another boxing fight, possibly, maybe uh, jujitsu, maybe back in Muay Thai, coming back locally, or do you go more for the MMA route and try to get more of these fights under your belt? Like, what's the timeline right after? Um, you know, right now we're thinking more MMA. It'll be more MMA for sure. Um, and again. Like, for me, I'll take anything that anybody really offers me as long as it makes sense. And it's like, it, it just, as long as it makes sense. And I, and honestly, I'd love to compete in El Paso. I wish they did an MMA promotion in El Paso because I think we could really come here and sell some tickets. And, uh, cause I think I could really get some people behind me. And, and I think people would be interested in that. But as far as my next direction, we'll see after the fight. Like, the, the fight still hasn't happened. And, uh, we're just building up to that. I haven't really thought past that. 
But again, just staying actively as competitive as possible, whether that be uh, whether that be boxing, whether that be jiu-jitsu, a wrestling tournament, I'll, I'll really compete in anything. You know what I mean? Table tennis, whatever. Um, so, and, and, and honestly, and I, like I said, I, I said it on my YouTube channel. I was like, yeah, I'm just you know flexing my competitive muscle now and uh, my winning muscle and just working on winning. And uh, you know, that's the, it's the same thing Michael Jordan was doing with his uh, security guards and stuff when he was back there, you know, gambling and and so. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, you know, just working on winning and uh, putting myself out there and, and, and uh, working the competitive muscle. Uh, AJ, when it comes to uh, just your, your overall outlook on this fight specifically, do you ever scout your opponent? Do you ever, like, watch film on the person that you're going up against, especially this being your first MMA fight right here? Do you do that kind of scouting or not really worry about the opponent and just focus on yourself? You know, honestly, a little bit of both. So I, I watched them, uh, and, you know, in football it's like you film, 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 film. And uh, same with uh, mixed martial arts, in my opinion, just based on what I've heard. And, again, I'm still super fresh uh, into this, like, approach where, like, this is my first fight. What am I doing? You know what I mean? But uh, for me, uh, you know, I watched him a little bit. I got, like, a general understanding of what he wants to do, like, what type of fighter he is. And then really back in the lab, focus on myself. And, and again, uh, you know, wherever the fight goes, whether that be kickbox, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, mixing it all together, I just don't see – uh, myself coming up short and uh, again just practicing winning going out there being a winner finding a way to win and that's what's most important to me is uh, and again I always talk about mind body spirit and and I think all three of those things I have in my favor and so again we just go out there and we become a better man by by putting ourselves out there getting some exposure and, and, and putting it on the line and that's what I that's what I plan on doing and um uh, as far as watching the opponent, really, what he does is it doesn't matter to me. Um, I, I think on this level, you know, you know, maybe in a couple years we'll be having a different conversation. We might be fighting an absolute goon, you know what I mean? And I might be on here with a, you know, like like giving you a, a real breakdown. But uh, at, at this level right now, I think my time best spent is uh, in, investing in myself and just continue continuing to grow as a mixed martial artist and, and just again mind, body, spirit, you know. So. If your MMA career takes off, like it could, I mean, say you do very well on the 11th of March and you have more pro fights and you keep winning and you're doing and, and you just keep succeeding, will you be able to stay in El Paso and continue to train at the levels you need? Or will you eventually need to relocate just because of uh, the sparring partners and the resources that would be available for you? Yeah, no. So that's a that's a great question, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So I, I just re-signed a six month lease uh, to stay here in El Paso. I I really love El Paso. That's why I bring up the UTEP football team. If they were to come out and like support at an event, uh, like that would mean the world to me. Like I, I would really appreciate that because it would feed my energy and it feed me, you know. But uh, and, and again, I, I've 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 built family, I've built friendships here, and I, I really do love El Paso. I'm right off the mountain. It's beautiful here. Every day I sit on my porch and I'm looking up at the and I, it's just it's beautiful. It's it's sunny all the time. The weather's great. It's high altitude. It's really everything that I need uh, to get better. You know what I mean? Where it's just like there is we're not in a big city where I'm sitting in traffic or I'm being distracted by by outside. So I, I love El Paso, but um, you know to be determined. Uh, because again, like you mentioned, sparring partners is just for me. I'm a big, strong, physical dude. There's not a lot of dudes like me just walking around. Period. And so it, it's hard to find for me training partners here in El Paso. But again, we're making we're making do with what we have. And so far, we've been of tremendous success. Again, we're just climbing, 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 and getting better. And um, 
So, you know, that's to be determined. That's a really good question. It's something that I'm in the middle of right now where it's like I've even talked to some of my coaches about this where I'm like, hey, you know, like what do you think, you know, because, you know, I need to – I need to test myself against some of the better guys in, in my opinion in the world to, to get to where I want to go you know what I mean AJ when it comes to the sport of MMA do you see a lot of former football players compete in the sport um, or where, where do you see most of uh, former athletes like whether they're former basketball players baseball players football players uh, compete in MMA I think uh, I think you know football is a is a really really smooth transition I think rugby uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, he recently just fought, and uh, he was a he was a rugby player. He's a he was a state rug- or a national rugby player before he got into mixed martial arts. So I think, uh, just in my opinion, I think football football and rugby is what I would say uh, more so than baseball, basketball, just because of the physicality and the threshold. Um, again, like you know, me playing linebacker, especially being a defensive player, it's just the transition becomes very easy when it's like, okay, we just got to figure out a way to get this guy on the ground. Here's some wrestling techniques where it's like, okay, these are things that I can apply and my threshold's so high and I'm so used to uh, exploding, getting extremely physical, exploding again, physicality. Like, And so I think that with a rugby football background, I think uh, is a really good transition into MMA. Before we wrap things up, give me an update on your tattoos. Uh, any new uh, ones since we've last spoken to you? Are you taking a break? What's going on? You know what, man? I'm training so much and so often that I, I don't even have time to go get tattoos. I wish I did. Maybe after this fight I'll get one, and I'll, I'll, I, I still won't take a break from training, but at least it won't be like mid-camp where I'm just constantly grinding. You know what I mean? So, uh yeah, next time I see you, hopefully I'll have some new stuff. You'll appreciate this. Uh, Jerry Kill is the head football coach at New Mexico State. He uh-huh. promised his team that if they went and won a bowl game, uh-huh. he would get a tattoo. And oh, no lived, way. And he lived up to his promise and got this huge tattoo on his arm of this New Mexico State Aggie with, I think, the guns and everything like that. The guns uh, uh, oh, that's know, lit. firing and, and did that last week. That's lit. We got to put one out for Dana Dimmel, man. We got to get Dana Dimmel. If they win a bowl game, Dana Dimmel ought to go get a pickaxe tattoo, tattooed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right in his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Jerry, they kept matching. Then they could each have their own uh, tattoo stories when they meet up yeah, with each yeah. other. Yeah, Danny, you got to get a bigger one though. If you if you get the two, you got we got to we got to send it more than uh, the New Mexico State. Coast. Maybe on his calf or something like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, on his calf. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be better. <laughs> He's got room on his calf too. He does. Play. Yeah, he has a huge calf. He, he does. does. He, he does. does. <laughs> Follow AJ uh, Hodgkins on uh, Instagram. That's uh, underscore fit with J J A Y underscore. You'll see. Tons of videos, lots of content. He has over 50,000 followers. And, again, his big event is coming up on uh, March the 11th in Albuquerque. It's Fight World MMA 28. He's got a QR code. Tells you how you can get tickets directly from that link. And uh, you can be a part of it. And uh, go root on uh, AJ. It'd be awesome if the uh, miners showed up, like you mentioned earlier. But more than anything, it'd be great if El Paso and just fans of yours showed up to see this. No, honestly, and uh, and we saw it this last weekend at Naga. I'm, I'm becoming a name here where people are, like, starting to, they're starting to gravitate. People are obviously recognize me for my content or, like, what, just all over, honestly. And I take pictures with people. And I love it because, again, like, if you see me out and you know me, like, say what's up. I I, I love the interaction with people. Yeah. Um, it, Again, it, it contributes to my energy level. You asked about my recovery. That's part of it, just getting human interaction and uh, positive vibes. And, again, if uh, UTEP were able to come out, that would be awesome. If not, all good. I, I get it. People are busy. Um, if, if, you, if you're looking to see a, a scrap, please show up March 11th. 
Uh, it should be awesome. It should be good. And it should be, uh, most importantly, the beginning of something special. And I, and I really believe that. So Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron, both of you coming in here today. And uh, can't wait for a March the 11th. It's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys, as always. Thank Come you back so and much. see us, AJ. Awesome. AJ Hodgkins, folks, as sports talk continues, we'll wrap up hour number two in a moment right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, 49 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. My thanks again to A.J. Hodgkins joining us here on the program. Saw this news earlier. Rugnan Odor signed a minor league deal with the Padres. So you could have Odor, Cole Hamels, and Julio Teron possibly start the season in El Paso. That would be surreal because all three of those guys, uh, you know, at one point – I think Odor's been an all-star. I know Teron and uh, Hamble's been. you imagine if you have three former all-stars that are all on the same team in El Paso to begin the year? Yeah, I mean, can, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, it's so interesting with Odor. Uh, he was somebody who even spent time with the Yankees. So I'm sure that a lot of El Paso fans who uh, were Yankees fans, maybe even some of the Oriole fans out there who remember him out there, uh, will we'll get a chance to see him here in El Paso. That'd be really interesting. He also played with the Rangers, which is uh, notable as well. Came up with the Rangers. That's right. Um, and yeah, that really would be pretty interesting if, uh, it ends up happening. And by the way, I don't know, maybe Odor was not uh, an all-star. I thought he was as a rookie, but I might be wrong on that. But, uh, I do know that he's uh, crazy enough, only 29 years old, considering how uh, many years he's been around. I mean, you know, the Padres, Hey, they're smart. They're going after all these guys that had, at one point were, were former, uh, top prospects or stars and giving them an opportunity. Hey, I think that's an uh, excellent idea for the Chihuahuas right there. Somebody who has 174 homers in his entire career, played nine Major League Baseball seasons, somebody who has so much experience and could, at minimum, provide a veteran uh, presence in the clubhouse. That's very true. Um, Meanwhile, Xavier is playing Providence. It is the weekly Sule Boom televised game. (laughs) And uh, uh, Xavier right now is leading Providence 57-53. About five minutes into the second half. It looks. It looked like uh, Xavier had uh, come out of the gates really swinging on the road against number twenty Providence, and they've slowed down a little bit in the second half. Providence have, has outscored Xavier uh, seventeen to twelve in the second half. So let's yep. see if uh, the Musketeers can hang on. They've kind of slipped a little bit as of late. Wow. They're nineteenth overall. I still think they're going to be fine when it comes to their seating in the NCAA tournament. I let's agree. see how they close out the year. Sule has nineteen points, five rebounds, and three assists on 7 of 11 shootings so far, and we've, we're only five minutes into the second half. Wow, he's on fire in terms of his efficiency. Uh, that's very solid right there for Sule Boom. Uh, they dropped recent games, Steve, to Villanova, the likes of Marquette. I think that was last week, which we watched, and uh, also Butler. So let's see how uh, Xavier can compete against the top teams in this league, like Providence, and then get ready for the Big East tournament. I'll say this, the Big East is loaded again this year. I mean, Big 12 has a lot of great teams. Big East is full uh, of uh, terrific basketball teams. And, you know, Xavier right there uh, with the best of them. In fact, currently the Big East has uh, four ranked teams. You've got UConn, Providence, Xavier, and Marquette. Marquette right now is sixth in the country. Yeah, it's How very about the impressive. How Shaka's done out there? I was going to say, Shaka making the transition. Now, this is an interesting note. I think um, Shaka Smart has won a Big Ten 
tournament, a Big 12 tournament, and now a Big East regular season championship. That's kind of interesting for a young head coach bouncing around different spots and then winning at the highest levels in, in these different leagues. Where did he win in the Big 10? Uh, I saw this stat. Um, I got to see where he previously coached. I know he was at Virginia Commonwealth before he um, before he left VCU for I, I might be mistaken it for the A-10 then. It, it might sounds, not have been the Big 10. It may yeah. have been the A-10. I think that's right because, by the way, uh, Shaka, you know, he's he's coached at uh, VCU, yes. Texas, and Marquette. Prior to that was an assistant at Florida, Clemson, Akron, and also uh, a Cal. But here's a guy that has already 315 wins in his career, 7-9 uh, and nine in the NCAA tournament. But think about that. You know, he's only been head coach since 2009, and he already has played 16 NCAA tournament games. Wow. How crazy is that? That's really crazy. So A-10, Big 12, and Big East regular season champions. That's that's impressive in itself. I get it. His time in Texas kind of ran out, and he never got them over the top. He never could push them as to being a serious contender in the NCAA tournament. But with mid-major teams, it seems like Shaka Smart can really develop them in a strong way. Uh, we talk about how loaded the Big East was, Steve. How about the fact that they might get five teams who make it in the NCAA tournament when it's all said and done? Yeah, that's, that's remarkable when you think about that. All right, two hours in the books. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Chapin Basketball as they're on their way to the Sweet 16. Stay tuned. Coach Lewis Bryson Goldsmith will join us. The Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk. Final hour. By the way, uh, I don't know if Adrian planned this or not, but the name of this song from Rush is called Making Memories. What a perfect transition to our next guests uh, who are joining us uh, here as they are uh, just outside Midland heading to the Sweet 16. Uh, Yeah, they're making memories out at Chapin High with this basketball team doing it yet again. And uh, Adrian, uh, if that is a sheer coincidence, congratulations. You're a genius. If not, uh, then, uh, and and I think you did this purposely, uh, you deserve all the credit in the world. It was all coincidence, Steve. I'll I'll go back to what you said initially, uh, but I love it. It's a coincidence for a perfect uh, start to the playoffs, which uh, the Chapin Huskies have experienced so far. Head coach um, Rodney Lewis is uh, joining us here uh, as we continue, along with Bryson Goldsmith, one of the key members of the Huskies as they head out to the Sweet 16. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Uh, first off, Coach, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just enjoying the ride. And um, actually, we we just uh, arrived in Midland. Uh, we're about to stop and get something to eat. Coach, where are we uh, where are we eating at Midland? What is the uh, you know meal of choice as you've been on this bus for hours now? Where, where are we going to get some dinner tonight? Well, you know, we we at Chapin love to allow our guys to um, pick where they want to go. And, and today, uh, choice is from our co-captain, Diego. Uh, we're going to flood records. Oh, there you go. Nicely done. Bryson, uh, Bryson, uh, what is uh, your reaction when you heard flood records? Were you, were you excited about that? I'm not going to lie, sir. I don't know what that is. So Fuddruckers, Bryson, is a hamburger restaurant. They used to have them in El Paso. Let me tell you what Fuddruckers is. You basically go, you can order a hamburger any way you like it, and then they have this huge like salad bar of toppings, and all you do is put whatever toppings you want on the burger. 
Okay. Last night, you know, I'm always trust with, you know, my co-captain Diego has to stay. There you go. And they have good fries, too, Bryson. So if you go fries, that's that's good. Uh, save room for a shake. And, uh, you know, you got to get as much uh, in your body as possible. And, uh, Coach, if there's ever a time to uh, load up on a meal like that, it's uh, tonight, right? Yes, that's why we're leaving a, a day early. Good. To uh, get a, a good, fun trip, a, a relaxed day for these guys because they had a tough battle last night. And we want to just show that we appreciate um, everything that's done for us up to this point. Hey, that battle was, uh, was uh, a big one for you and for Parkland. Uh, the fact that the two of you were able to put, what, 5,000 fans in the Haskins Center last night. The arena looked incredible. The atmosphere was terrific. And, hey, uh, this is what it's all about, right? It's what we talked to you a few days ago about. Having the opportunity for an arena like this to host two terrific high school teams in a playoff game where the winner goes to the Sweet 16, you probably can't ask for any more than that, can you? No, no, sir. It was, it was. I mean, it was nerve-wracking for us. I mean, we didn't play our best game, and Parkland um, gave us everything they had, and, I, and I'm appreciative of it. Well, Coach, Coach Bramley did a great job with his players, and, and they pushed us to the brink. Um, and, you know, when you get in the playoffs, you need games like that um, to, to test you. And, and I think our guys were, you know, with the crowd being so, so many people, I think we got off to a, a, a slow start and we just couldn't find our normal game. But our defense held strong. Coach, when it came to this Parkland team, you talked about it with us earlier this week. The three-point line was going to be key last night. How were both teams impacted by the college three-point line uh, from yesterday's uh, matchup? And the funny thing about that, it affected us more. <laughs> we didn't hit a three last night, and we're usually good for six or seven a game, and, um, which is why uh, the 56 points for us was pretty low. Um, we usually up in the high 60, 70 area, and if it's a good night for us, we, we'll get you for 80. But we, I uh, think, attempted two three-point shots all night. And um, then we had to switch up, and, and that's why I love this team because um, we're well, well-rounded. You know, like, so we couldn't hit um, from the outside, so our two big guys stepped up last night and had tremendous games for us. So this team, uh, when it comes to adversity, they just they have a lot of fight. And you talked about that with us a few days ago. You played a tough schedule before you really got into district because you wanted to test your team and make sure that at this stage of the playoffs, they were as prepared as they have to be. Yes, sir. Everything we do at Chapin um, Basketball is, is start out by my coach and staff and I. Um, we knew coming in, since uh, KJ decided to tr- um, transfer, that we needed to put our guys in, in position to uh, go get battle tested so we can make this run. Um, I called I called this out last year and told people that we were going to be back in this spot because that's um, what our model is to do um, to achieve what we did the year before and better. And so we knew we were going to work hard for that. And and you have to go out of town and get those games. And be in those moments so when, when adversity hit, um, the guys were ready to stand up. We, we were not panicked at all last night. We were not panicked at all. 
Coach Lewis, along with uh, Bryson Goldsmith, joining us uh, here on Sports Talk. Bryson, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what the season's been like for you. You played alongside KJ last year. Now uh, you've got fellow seniors Diego Villanueva, Brandon Himes, uh, Peyton Parker, and also uh, Jaden Leverett uh, to join you uh, out there this season. What's this ride been like so far? Man, we've gone through a lot of adversity. Um, just from the outside, you know, a lot of doubters. I think that's what motivates us to be as good as we are. Um, everyone on the team, those supporters, the like other leaders, really helped us. It sounds like it. And uh, for you, when you say leaders, did you um, immediately assume that leadership responsibility uh, for this upcoming season, or would you say that you've shared it with a lot of your uh, fellow seniors? You know, it's, it was really like my first year. Coach Lewis, he always says he gave me the keys. And um, I've been driving this car with Willie Diego, my fellow senior. And everyone's just been supporting us. Coach, going back to uh, your opponent, which is coming up this weekend, Wyatt, they are uh, one of the top teams that you're going to find in all the state of Texas. They're 20-10 and 10 overall, and they didn't lose a game in district play. They're riding a 16-game winning streak going into this matchup. What do you know about this team, and can you give us a scouting report on the Wyatt Chaparrells? Um, They're very athletic. Um, they have a, a D1 guard that's um i think he's going to troy about six four they have a seven footer that's uh just camped around the basket to protect the backboard so they're they're tough defensively they put a lot of pressure on you um just super athletic super guard um but again we 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 went to houston and dallas for a reason so when we get get to this round knowing that we were going to face somebody like wyatt that we will be better prepared to uh, compete and, and, and put, put our best foot forward and see what happens. How do you handle a seven-footer, especially on the defensive side, Coach? Um, we're just going to play physical like we normally do. I, I trust our defense. Um, it's going to uh, help our young buck, you know, Jaden, grow up. He's going to have to step up and um, um, show himself. Um, if he wants to have a future to play at the next level, this is going to be a great test for him. Um, then we still have I, I, um, ID, I Dallas Coleman, and Peyton Parker. Um, that's 15 fouls. We'll use all of them if we have to. I love that. That's good math. I like that a lot, Coach. Um, also, as we continue, Bryson, uh, you've been there before. You just heard Coach talk about Wyatt. Uh, what are your thoughts on your opponent heading into tomorrow's matchup? Man, I'm excited to play competition. I'm excited to compete. And, you know, I'm not going to go, you know, scared. Like, I think they have to stop us, you know. But we're on a crazy game win streak right now, too, and I trust my guys and love my guys. About six weeks ago, you scored your thousandth career point as a, uh, a high school uh, senior. What did that mean to you, breaking the thousand-point mark? Man, I actually was surprised by the team. I didn't know I was that close. Um, it means a lot. It just shows, you know, my dedication to the, to the sport I love. You know what I mean? 
That's awesome. Hey, uh, Coach, going back to you and just reflecting on tomorrow, uh, when we look at what happened yesterday, just playing at the Don Haskins Center in a playoff matchup like you and Parkland did, it's only happened three times in the last 13 years. Uh, previously, of course, Bel Air Andrus in 2015 and then uh, 2010 Chapin Bowie. But this doesn't happen in El Paso as much. And to see the crowd that came out, to do it uh, for two teams that came out of the Northeast in El Paso, what did it mean for you to just be a part of that game coaching it uh and and coming out on the winning end of yesterday's matchup and so many um scenarios that played in my mind it was, first of all it was a very emotional game for me i held my emotions in i had to stay right to focus on my team and make sure we, we came out victorious but you know that's the place where coach horse played and to see his banner up there and to know the last time i was in there i was next to him um and so, like, I had to keep my emotions intact to make sure we pulled the game out. But that's also coaching against a great friend in Jeremy Vanley. Um, you know, people don't put the historical, all those historical mark on that. Is that it was two blackhead coaches in there. And I don't think that's ever happened in El Paso to have two blackhead coaches to play in a venue like that for, for a spot in the playoffs like we did. Um, and then on top of that, two Northeast teams, um, both guys love our community. We we put a lot into our community. We give a lot back to our community, and and it just meant so much. So after the game, you know, I, I had my emotion, my, my emotions um, came out. But you know, it's what it, that's what it's about. Like I'm, I don't hide my emotions from my players. They know exactly what they get from me, and that's why I allow them to play the way they do. And and people don't understand when you give like that to your community and to kids they give back to you the same thing, and that's why we've been successful. Coach, you mentioned giving back. Yesterday, Aaron Jones made an appearance, and then he also shot off a tweet. He said the winner would get a $10,000 donation from the ANA All the Way Foundation. What What is this about right there? And more importantly, what was his presence like, just having Aaron Jones in the arena uh, supporting El Paso local talent? I'm going to be dead honest with you. I didn't even notice Aaron Jones in the building. To be honest, they had to tell me after the game. That's how focused I was on making sure that we uh, won the game. But um, Aaron Jones, I've known him since he's moved to El Paso. He's a he's a great kid. Um, he does so much for our our, our city, and for him to do that, I, I, I wish we would have known that that was the offer before the game. We probably would have played a whole lot better. Uh, but tell Aaron he can run that bag. We need all that all that money in our program. We'll make sure we pass the message along to him, Coach. That will yeah, be uh, please. All right, please. Um, Bryson. I have to ask you something, and you have to answer this because I know Coach can answer this because he tweeted this out. Okay, so when um, when Coach tweeted out the fact that he was going to be on with you for the interview today, one of the things he said was hashtag Chicken and Mentals. What exactly <laughs> does Chicken and Mentals mean, Bryson? Explain that to us and our listeners. <laughs> Man, I'm not gonna lie. Him and Coach Weaver always do that. And honestly, I don't know what that means. All right. Well, that's that's that's. I was hoping I would hear a different answer from you, Bryson. So, uh, Coach, uh, why don't you tell Bryson and the rest of us exactly what hashtag Chicken and Mentals meant when you put that out on Twitter today? Okay. So, uh, if you go back and look, uh, what's his name? Beast Mode. Mar- Marshawn Lynch had an interview and. He was, uh, I guess, on his retirement, and he was uh, talking about 
the NFL. So if you know anything about Marshawn Lynch, he he um and that uh to the players that play football and sports to protect their chickens, which is the money and their mentals, which is their health and their and their mental health. So our mindset all year, our chickens is winning trophies, going winning championships, winning games, and then our mental is our mental health to stay focused because everybody was attacking us about not being great because KJ left. So we're taking care of our chickens and our mental. I like that. Coach, that's a great explanation. Bryson, now you know. So now there's if you if, if you hear the chicken and mentals line from coach, you know exactly what he's talking about. Coach, have you used that on the team this season? And if so, oh, I, I no, feel, that's okay. A, it's just for Twitter. Okay, good. Now, yeah, well, now now you can throw that out there. Now you can let this team know what it's all about. That's a, that's a good motivating I, line. I like that. All right, that's good. Yeah, I'll let Bryson. I'll let Bryson do it. Sounds like a winner. Listen, guys, enjoy Midland. Have a good meal at Fuddruckers. Uh, and and uh, next time we talk to you, uh, let's talk about a Final Four appearance. What do you say, guys? I definitely would. I love that. All right. Good job, Coach. Bryson, appreciate you both being here. Thanks again for the time. Yep, no problem. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Again, that's um, you know, Chapin basketball in a nutshell. In Midland, preparing, getting ready. My thanks again uh, as uh, we continue here on Sports Talk to head coach Rodney Lewis and also uh, Bryson Goldsmith. Great stuff, Adrian, from those two. And you can tell they're focused and ready to go for Wyatt uh, here tomorrow. Yes, I'm also very happy they're going an extra day early. Or Gibson, Friday, I should yeah, say. Yeah, and, and I'm very happy they're getting ready early, Steve. That's huge because then you get a chance to acclimate yourself in the environment and, of course, get ready for the big one that's coming up on Friday. Uh, and this Wyatt team, they sound tough, but uh, I, I if we've seen this Chapin team, they're also very tough and they could go toe-to-toe with them do we know what time that game is going to tip uh, off? i'll get that tip off uh, when we come back from a break looking forward to it we'll come back as uh, we continue 18 past the hour charlie's back we've got a lot more coming up in our final hour of sports talk all here 600 espn el paso